0: The Barroom Network presents
1: two fired up Bears fans. They are ready to rumble on the Bear Debate. This is David Kaplan from the Cap J Hood Show on ESPN 1000 and NBC Sports Chicago. Now get ready to listen and watch the Bulls 101 with Chris and Lero. Take that sparkles.
0: Hello and welcome to another great episode we have for you guys today on Bulls 101. Um, and as usual, we are, I am joined by my boy, my brother from another mother, Chris Amundsen. How you doing, brother?
1: I'm doing great, Lero. Nice to see you uh, after this after a long work day. I know you're ready to, to get to talk <laughs> some hoops. And me too, man. Uh, I, every Saturday, I get to hang out with my, my two little kids. My wife works on Saturdays, so... Uh, I always have a lot of fun and I'm always way exhausted and ready to talk hoops at this point of the night. So um, thanks for being with us late as always, guys. And we, we got a great show for you tonight.
0: Oh, yeah. And, you know, it was a long work day. But like I said to you earlier, it's always great knowing that at the end of the day on Saturdays, I got this to look forward to talking some bulls. Um, but enough about us. Right. We have a great guest today. Um, Elias Schuster is in the building tonight folks and uh if you're not familiar with him he does a lot of writing and content creating for uh bleacher nation uh and uh, you know obviously it's for the bulls you know what i mean he does great stuff over there he's a former editor for the daily illini so uh let's welcome in our guy elias schuster welcome to the show brother how you doing
2: Hello, thank you guys for having me on. I'm excited to be here to talk some uh, some hoops after dark. We'll, we'll, we'll talk some late night <laughs> basketball. So this, is, this is exciting. This is a, a fun time.
1: This is when, really when the juices get flowing is, is after everyone else is asleep in, in the real world. Exactly.
2: It's 11 and then all of a sudden I just start thinking all these crazy, uh, crazy bull stocks and then uh, I got to spew them somewhere. So this seems like the point.
0: Man, I, you know, I I just want to say, man. Like, I just feel like, you know, we're on a roll, Chris. I feel like we have been getting some great guests on this show for a while, and Elias is—he just adds on to that. And and I just want to say, thanks for coming Mm -hmm. on. Thanks for giving us your time. Um, But I kind of want to know a little bit more about you. Um, So, how? First thing first. When did you become a Bulls fan? What moment? was it where you were like, you know what? This is a team I wanna be a fan of or cover, sorry.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, when it comes to moments specifically, it's really hard to say just because I mean, growing up, it was kind of like, I don't wanna say an expectation, right? But you grew up in the Chicagoland area. It was like, well, who are your teams? It's like, well, these are my squad. Well, for, the only ones you have to pick from are like White, a Cubs and White Sox, but I grew up in a Cubs Northside kind of family. So it was Cubs for me, but then, everything else was there. And then I always just loved basketball from a young age. I played basketball from a young age. So it was always just kind of bulls for me, but I'm a younger guy. I mean, when I grew up, it was, you know, I, I was starting, I, I grew up right at the, I was born right at the tail end of this, uh, of the, of the Jordan era. Right. So that mm-hmm. was not, uh, I wasn't able to fully experience all of, uh, all of that. So for me, it was, uh, growing up during some tumultuous times, but, uh, gaining a love for, uh, for Ben Gordon and Kirk Heinrich and, and those, uh, and those backcourt pros. So, you know, it took, it, it, it just kind of over the, it was an expectation for me over the years. It grew and grew. And then uh, I was always a fan of the team. And then once the uh, D Rose era kind of tipped off, it just got that much more fun and, and uh, it grew from there. So uh, it was just something growing up in Chicago, always a fan, always loved the game of basketball. And it, it was hard not to love, uh, love that franchise and uh and love that team with all the history and, and all the fun. So it was is that simple really? You going, Chris?
1: Uh, that's awesome. It's I know I did not grow up in Chicago and so my the expectation for me was to be a Lakers fan and I just never and I grew up so during the harder during the three-peat. Yeah. You know, I was I was kind of coming into like NBA fandom in the first place when the Lakers had their three-peat in the early 2000s and I just I mean it was fun to watch them but I just never connected to a team so when you mentioned like the Kirk Heinrich Ben Gordon years just the way that they kind of spoke to you that was for me why I became a Bulls fan was the Joakim Noah Taj Gibson Bulls right. after yeah. Derek after Derek went down and Dane got traded like that was that was what got me to stay as a Bulls fan so it's, it's nice to hear that it's not just, you know, the heritage. It's not like, a, you know, the religious thing where like, oh, I'm, I'm Catholic. I've been Catholic my whole life, you know, because my whole family's in Catholic. Like sports fandom can be kind of like that, like almost like a religion in that sense. And so it, it's nice to see that it has it has a lot deeper meaning than just, you know, <laughs> I just kind of grew into it. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know for sure. So <clears throat>
0: Elias, uh, let me, let's. I guess we could just hop back on the tracks for a second. Um <laughs> So I want to know more about your writing. I want to know when did did this start for you? When did you get interested in this? Um, How did you uh, get into this position, this opportunity to uh, write and create content for Bleacher Nation as well?
2: Right. Yeah. So I was uh, I went to uh, the University of Illinois and uh, while I was there, I was uh, majoring in journalism. I was on the uh, news editorial track. So a lot of the stuff that I did while I was there and a lot of the work that I did before I got to uh, join Bleacher Nation was pretty traditional stuff uh i'm seeing the comments at the bottom of the screen that's funny (laughs) um uh no but i was i so i mean i was on a pretty traditional track in terms of just kind of uh kind of straight reporting uh you know doing a lot of interview work but then um kind of like later in my in my college career specifically i did a lot of just multimedia work a lot of video work and then a lot of like column writing and so I think from there it was—it gave me just a lot of versatility in the terms of content and the forms of content that I, that I did, and uh, I learned a lot more about social media. And so, uh, when I was coming out of school, um, I was just kind of looking for for jobs in the multimedia sphere. I mean, I was gonna—I wanted to do a little bit of everything. You know, I wanted to dip my toe into everything. I didn't want to go into just strict reporting. Uh, if I could do a little bit of social media, a little bit of video work, uh, a little bit of writing, that'd be great. Um, and so, you know, I I just applied to the, the Bleacher Nation job. I kind of, uh, I got to know the guys throughout that process and they were looking for someone to start up their uh, their bull. Um, they, they, they were starting a bull site. So uh, I was fortunate enough to apply to that job and then go through the interview process and somehow get it. I didn't think that, that they were kind of hoping for an older person. And I guess I seemed old enough to them for some reason, but they were uh, hoping for someone a little more uh, with even more uh, professional experience. But I think for me, it was just, uh, I think they could tell that I, I like the game. I, I love the team. And uh, having that prior experience of dipping my toe in so many different fields uh, and having that background of a lot of the different column writing that I did uh, fit with the tone of what our site does, which is, you know, analysis meets, uh, you know, we try to do professional analysis and news meets fandom. And we want to combine that stuff the best we can. And so uh, I got that opportunity there. I'm very fortunate that Brett and the guys over there have uh, kept me long as, uh, kept me on as long as they have and uh and yeah, so just kind of grew, grew into it you gotta you gotta change in this world this this ever changing world of of, uh, of sports media specifically you know it's it's becoming uh more and more diverse you gotta you gotta know how to do a little bit of everything like you guys with the show. I mean, it's super cool that you guys get to do a live show uh, late at night, but this is what it's becoming you know this is what a lot of the industry is, and uh, it's doing little stuff like this and and doing uh, to gain more and more followers and and also reach a bigger audience and uh, there's so many different cool things you can do, so I'm happy to be here and do stuff like this. It's it's fun, and I'm happy that BN has kept me on and not fired me yet. Yeah, well,
1: well, as as Salim said, if if you if you are a doppelganger doppelganger for Joseph Gordon Levitt, that probably helps your chances, especially with you know live video kind of content. <laughs> so.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So now now I mean now I got to pursue more live video content, right? So. <laughs> oh man I won't do. I will not do a. Uh, I will not do a Saturday night at eleven p.m. Now show. I'll I'll keep, I'll let you guys keep this.
1: Thank you. Thank you for letting us keep our time slot <laughs> because you you just, you'd, you know, it's like it's like when, I know I'm on the West Coast, but when In-N-Out puts, when the people are building In-N-Out next to, like, uh-huh. you know, McDonald's and Jack in the Box and everything else, oh, and yeah. just sucks all the business away from everyone else. And it's just a huge line for now. So I know that would happen to us if you did yeah, a, you guys are a more, show later tonight. So.
2: Yeah, no, you wouldn't have to worry about me. You guys, are, you me. guys are more
0: stuff. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Lord. Uh, you know, it's funny, man. It's like, it's kind of like the opposite thing for me, right? I, I, I've gotten used to doing these, you know, live shows and, and talking about the bulls on, on on video. But like one of the things that I'm, I really want to get better at uh, is writing. And that's something I, I love, I, I, you know, reading your stuff, like you, you definitely have that down. So um, it, it's that's that's the next thing for me is getting that confidence, you know, and, and getting the writing uh, together.
2: Um, well, I, I will say this. I appreciate that. Uh, but when it comes to, me, I, I always say, I, I don't know what that complex is called, but I think I have that complex where I, I'm shocked that I get, I, I do what I do to write because I never thought I, I would be uh, majority writing. My work is majority writing. I never thought I'd be doing that. And, and it's because I kind of just write how I talk. So I mean that's just sometimes just I literally do a weird thing where when I'm typing I kind of saying out loud when I'm typing most of the time, and, <laughs> so, but sometimes like that just I don't know I'm not trying to give advice but if you want to just sit there and type sometimes just type how you talk and maybe it'll uh, it'll work sometimes it comes through the screen you're like oh, I can I can I can sound like I'm having a conversation with that person so, um,
0: well, uh, we we you know we've talked. Um we need to get to the Bulls news that, that just came up. Um, we can get back to having some more uh doppelganger talk um with Elias a little bit later. But we had some crazy kind of like catch you off guard kind of news come because obviously we have we're we're all still high off of being able to get you know Lonzo and Caruso and Damar and Tony Bradley, so on, so on. Um, and then out of nowhere. Uh, we kind of get punched in the gut with uh, some some news um, that Pat will has a severe ankle sprain. Um, I, I can say for myself that, it, you know, me being a Pat Will guy, uh, it kind of really uh, threw me for a loop. But I kind of want to get you uh, your guys um, thoughts on this. Uh, Elias, I'll, I'll swing it to you first. How do you what did, what was your first thought about, uh, you know, what happened with Pat Will?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I mean, I definitely, like you, I was caught off guard with it too. I was, I was pretty surprised. Uh, you know, I think the way that the team initially uh, announced it didn't help because uh, it kind of made it seem like, uh, and not to throw them out of the bus, but just made it seem like it was, okay, we're going to, he might, he's probably going to miss the, the start of the season no matter what. And so then having uh, uh hat tips to Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago, having him get that clarification of, okay, it actually happened. Nine days, you know, he's, he's nine days into the recovery already. That's a good thing um so that was uh that was a nice little uh ad after that initial scare but yeah like you i was initially thrown off by that just because um you know he kind of see the, the team the team very much decided uh not to invest in that position heavily this off season you know it, it was clear that the front court depth was a huge issue and i'm sure we'll kind of get more into into some of that but It was just, uh, they were kind of all in on him. They're like, he's young, he's going to stay healthy, he's going to be our guy, he's going to be a defensive anchor for our starting lineup. So to see him go down, I think it really just stressed, uh, probably, and I'm sure it did internally as well, just like how weak that position is. Because there's just, if he goes down for an extended period amount of time, I mean, what are you going to do in the starting line? You can move DeMar there uh, over to to the floor, but when you're talking about like needing defensive stoppers in the front court and rim protectors, you got to move to Derrick Jones Jr., who's already undersized in the position. I think he could play it fine, but do you want to rely on him in the starter spot? Probably not. Elise Johnson, what, 49 career games? Like, I like the guy. Don't get me wrong. I like the upside, but he's played like 49 career games. So it's hard to move and, and just trust somebody like that. So it was a scary situation. I think maybe it put a little more emphasis on the front office to, to realize, like, hey, we have this $5 million trade exception from the Daniel Tyson trade this offseason let's try to use that maybe sooner than later when the season gets going and find a little more uh, depth up front because uh, it just, re- it really uh, emphasized the hole in this, in this, uh, in this roster. But I'm, I'm glad at the end of the day that uh, it, it appears that, you know, if anything, he'll miss a couple of games and uh, he should be back on the floor relatively early. Yeah.
1: So Elias, you mentioned the way that the Bulls announced it was concerning. First of all, I got the, the shams notification and on my phone it only showed the first two lines and it showed basically patrick williams has suffered a severe and like that was it i was like oh i to open my phone as fast as possible because i'm like did he like tear his achilles like what because we already got like aaron sumner uh, edmund sumner sumner news already right 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 Achilles. i'm like please no but you mentioned and then then we get the nine days later my second question was then why didn't we hear about it nine days ago like why is it taking so long like what are the reporters doing? What is the team doing? Like, why are we not hearing about this? And as as uh, Luis mentioned in the comments, like he was at the Sky Game just the other night with with no with no boot, no crutch. So that's a good sign. Right. But the the Bulls have a history of not handling injuries very well and mm. handling the public relations portion of the, of the injuries poorly as well. So yeah. I really yeah, hoped. I
2: mean it was. De- it, <laughs> yeah. it's hard. Yeah, it's definitely uh, the way that that all happened was weird. Uh, I'm glad that he. I'm glad, it, like we said, it is what it is, and I, I, you know, at least he has nine days into the recovery. But it is weird that they waited that long to to report it. Also, it's weird that they used the word severe at this stage because right. if he is walking around without a boot and without crutches, you know, like he is okay, and and if there is a possibility that he returns before the season even starts you know, is it severe? Is it maybe just right. moderate? Like what? I, so it is weird. I agree. I don't know what it, the situation is. Uh, I was hoping that this kind of stuff might stop once they change, they change the infrastructure around the training staff. You know, they got a new uh, head athletic trainer. So um, I don't know. We'll see. With, with Between that and the Kobe situation this offseason, it was, uh, it was unfortunate, but this one was in the building and the Kobe one wasn't. So, you know, it seemed this yeah. one at least seemed to be at the advocate center. So yeah, I don't know why it took uh it took this this path when they initially announced it. I don't know why they waited so long but
1: yeah exactly and sorry lara just in the second thought i had real quick was just you, you highlighted the lack of front court depth there or lack of proven front court depth and that's going to be a key factor i think to watch during the season like we our, our friend mark caranzola who runs bulls hq has has said a couple times this offseason that he thinks that Nikola Vucevic is the most important player this season just because of how unable we are as a team to replace his production if he's out for any extended period of time, and I think I'd agree with that. But Patrick Williams, the rim protection without Patrick Williams is almost non-existent. You mentioned DJJ, you know, like Jr. that can kind of do that in spurts, but he's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six or whatever. Like He's not a power forward in the traditional sense, and you can kind of plug him in there for a few games if you need to, but Yeah, that's that's going to be that's going to be a concern. Sorry, Larry, I'll I'll let you. No,
0: no, it's all good, brother. It's all good. But I I just kind of wanted to bring up the point of like uh, today at work, I was uh, shout out cash considerations. I was listening to their pod today um, talking about Pat Will and Ricky O'Donnell was saying that uh, he was at the Sky Game himself. um, And he did notice that Pat was walking with no limp. There was you, you couldn't tell that he had like an ankle sprain. So um, that's, that's good news, um, as well. So, but I kind of wanted to talk about that, right? So you, we already brought up Alize, we brought up, uh, DJJ, um, like if, if right now today, if, if we knew for sure that Pat's not going to be there opening day, what would be the lineup that you guys would throw out there? We can, I, I can start with Chris first this time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I, I thought about this one because, I can see kind of two approaches to it. Number one is just put the best guy there, like your best player in the starting lineup from the bench. Uh, and if that's the case, I think it's got to be Alex Caruso, um, especially because of the defensive impact that he's going to have. And Patrick, you know, you're trying to replace Patrick Williams' impact. You don't have a front court defender that's got that kind of impact on, on the floor, I think. So I think Caruso is probably your next best bet. The other approach that I could see them taking is, "Hey, we want the we want the bench to build chemistry together, so we don't want to like disrupt that unit necessarily." So, if it were that, I would I would probably say Derek Jones Jr. would probably be my 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 guess, but it depends on what they have for the for the bench rotation because the bench in my mind right now is uh, Alex Caruso, Kobe White, Troy Brown Jr., Alize Johnson, and Tony Bradley, like that kind of five man unit. I don't think they're going to be playing a lot of the fine man unit together, but that's kind of like who I think of in the depth, in the depth chart. But I am not sure if they're, what they're going to do with, with Tony, uh, with, um, with Derek Jones Jr. at that spot, because I think he has a pretty good argument for being in that bench. Mm -hmm. So if he's not in the bench unit, I would throw him in there. If he is, then I would throw whichever one of Alizé Johnson and Troy Brown Jr. is not. Uh, in that in that starting unit to kind of so i I heard that troy Junior i thought was a a good suggestion there just to kind of give you a little bit more um size but Mm -hmm. it's just it's not ideal no matter what you do so (laughs) now that i've stolen all the answers that are possible elias
2: (laughs) no no i mean it's it's so the, the yeah so i think that um if i was Donovan, what I would initially do is I'd probably move DeMar over to to the four. Uh, If if Pat was going to miss time, it would be DeMar over the four. And then uh, I would probably just start with a three-guard lineup with Caruso. Um, like kind of like how you started, but if he didn't want to go that route, and I can understand him not wanting to go that route because especially with Kobe out at the beginning of the season, you really hurt your bench if you're taking Caruso uh, kind of out of that because he he's going to be the kind of that leader that second unit. I mean, him and Kobe will kind of go back and forth, but I think Bruce is going to kind of be that spark plug off the bench. So they might not want to take him uh, off the bench, and so maybe you just put Troy Brown Jr. in there because he gives you at least a little bit of it, gives you that perimeter defense. Uh, he can kind of be that just scrappy guy I don't think he's he's not the type that's going to shoot you in the foot you know when he's out there uh Cruz is that way too but I I just think that and also I do think that uh Troy Brown Jr. gives you a little bit uh more scoring upside potentially Cruz is definitely the more proven player but uh if 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 TPJ can at least just like start to hit a little bit more shots I think he's going to be a pretty pretty good rotation player for you so I wouldn't hate to see him slide into the small forward spot but, but um just if they wanted to keep Demar really badly, just for like the synergy and you know, the chemistry building, just that that backcourt, they wanted to keep him at the uh, at, at three. I'd probably look to to just go Derek Jones Jr. at the four. Uh, it's not ideal, but I would definitely take him over Alizé Johnson uh, just because I think, you know, like I mentioned before, 49 games, it's hard to say what you're going to get from him. I'd be okay if he, may, if he gets some minutes off the bench, but I, I'd be so scared to just put him into a starting spot right away. So I wouldn't hate Derek Jones Jr. getting uh, 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 just a chance. Um, this all depends on training camp, who looks good, who doesn't. But, uh, you know, when he was with Miami, Derrick Jones Jr., um, when he was with Miami, you know, that the four was where he thrived the most. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of shocked when he went to Portland and they didn't give him that chance because, yeah, while he's undersized in the position, he's got a seven-foot wingspan mm-hmm. uh, freak athlete. Yeah, he's, he's skinnier, so he's going to get bullied around a little bit by more traditional-sized uh, frontcourt players. But – you know, I think it was like when he was with Miami, probably he played, he played the majority of his minutes at the four while he was there. And I think he had like a plus, he almost had a plus five on off differential when he played at the four for Miami in, in uh, 2018 uh, or 2019-20. So, you know, I, I think he's shown that he can be an efficient scorer around the rim. He's a good splasher, uh, has great length. His block rate was super high when he was with Miami and he played at the four. Um, I think it was in like the 99th percentile or something ridiculous. So, you know, like he he can get in there and he can kind of mess things up and, and do enough for you, I think, at the position to eat some time there. So I think he's going to – I think he'll get a spot in the rotation early on. I think TBJ is going to beat him out if we're looking at a nine-man here. So I think DeMar is going to be staggered into that second unit probably and play the four when things are normal. Um, But I do think this team has wanted Derrick Jones Jr. since – the front office since they arrived, it seemed like, you know, he was reported as one of their first free agent gets potentially before he went to Portland. So I think the fact that they finally got their hands on him, they're interested in playing him, And I think I sh- we should expect him to get at least some time at the beginning of the year. And if Pat's out, maybe that's just that before, maybe they just go for it. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, I agree with both you guys like takes on this. And I think if, if I boring. had to choose right now, if, if I had to choose right now, It would probably be D J J because his wingspan, um, his leaping ability, and his strength is the defense. So if we had to, you know, let's let's say in retrospect uh, it was what nine fifteen. So let's say he misses two games. Pat will. I I think I could. I, I think I would be okay with experimenting and. And throwing DJJ out there and see what it looks like. I mean cuz obviously uh offense is not going to be a problem. So if he, if he could just be a cutter on offense, a lob threat, stretching teams vertically as well. Um, you know, and and defensively just being root, I I think he can be a disruptive on the weak side as a rim protector. I th- I th- his leaping ability alone and I think he has some pretty good uh, instincts defensively. Right. I mean, he
2: can be off brand. It's it's like because when you think about it, it's like, can you just be off brand Patrick Williams for two nights? Like, probably. <laughs> you know, he like, just be like that's all you need because I mean, he's not. Yeah, he's not going to have the upside of like a catch and shoot corner three. I mean, he just Pat has that down better, and he's not going to be able to hit a mid like a, he's not really going to be able to hit a mid range shot. Where you so offensively, you're not going to get anything uh, nearly the same probably. But at least defensively, it's like okay, for two games, can you get similar stuff? Yeah, prob- yeah, I, I think you probably could. And and so I agree. I think, you know, if you want to just like get this backcourt to mesh and, and, and he's only missing a couple games, why not just sub in, you know, a guy like that? And then you also don't really critically ruin the bench rotation either with a guy like Caruso or even TBJ. Like those guys can get used to whatever their roles are too. So
1: yeah, I think uh, you guys might have talked me into Derek Jones then as, as a replacement. <laughs>
0: okay. well, Well, let me bring up this name. OK, because I feel like if we're talking about DJJ and his, you know, lack thereof offensive uh, uh, you know, ability, other than like leaping. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but it, let's say Stanley makes the team. Would you think about, you know, throwing a six, seven guy that you could play him off ball? You can also play him on ball um, uh, defensively, obviously point of attack would you would you think about maybe experimenting with him
2: not in the starting lineup but i mean i i wouldn't do it in the starting lineup i just think like Again, I, I guess like you said, offense isn't really a problem, so I guess I shouldn't be too concerned about this. But like, man, that guy on offense, <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. Like his, like I think he's he's I can't. I wish I had the numbers in front of me. But like, if you look at like his percentile, his like uh well, estimated like offensive back plus minus, you know, it's like so bad. It's just, and, and he and he's somebody who just like if the ball's in his hands, he can turn the ball over easily. But like you said, offense might not matter. So defensively. Yeah, he's a he's obviously a fine, solid defender. I think he's going to stay in the league for several more years because of that. Mm-hmm. But I just think uh, I I would still pick someone over. Uh, I would still pick like a guy like Derek Jones Jr. just over him. Uh, just because I think you get you, you know what you're getting a little bit more. But I would. – I mean, in terms of if the rotation is limited, the starting lineup is limited. If you want to give, if Stanley Johnson makes the team, which I think he will. Uh, if you want to give them some short minutes here or there to see what you get, I wouldn't hate it because, like you said, it, the defensive upside's there. It's right. just that's like that's all you got in here. So.
0: I just continue to think of ideas, right? So, okay, with with the Pat Will situation, right? <laughs> Let's say the ankle is uh, more
1: no, no. intense no. than it is. Right? Come on.
0: What do you think don't, I'm gonna say? What do you think I'm gonna say? What do you think
1: I'm going want Patrick Williams to be miraculously healed? Tomorrow. Oh, oh,
0: oh, oh. Okay, okay. Don't well,
1: don't I, put that evil on me. I
2: just knocked on wood. Don't worry, I knocked on my <laughs> oh, okay. dad.
0: But let's say does would that would that make AK and Billy say you know what like Stanley's cool and all, but like maybe we need to add on Tyler Cook to have like more of a traditional four. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just think. I'm just you know thinking well, out loud.
1: Louis, uh, Luis has a, a name Ooh. for us. Noah Vonley, who has not been signed to my knowledge. Uh, yeah. He, yeah.
2: he, he well, can, more you get more traditional guys, for sure Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he could hold it yeah. down. I don't think it's it's a bad. I mean, yeah. For for, I I think the last two roster spots are gonna go to you know both Johnsons. I think Johnson's. that's probably yeah. what. Yeah, Johnson Jansen will probably get it. The second two-way spot's interesting. I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, I wouldn't hate if, you know, like, if Matt Thomas agrees to go on that, that contract just because you get some extra shooting if, if, if you needed it. But, yeah, the Tyler Cook thing's interesting. I Since he was at Iowa, I always thought he was a good player. I liked watching him. I covered the, the those teams, and so he was kind of always fun to watch. But I just think – and he does offer you a little bit more traditional size. But I just think uh, – he i don't know out of the options that they have at training camp it just feels like it feels like one they want alizé and he'll be there i, I just think that's not a question he'll take up one of the spots and then uh should we get Benson? Is all oh, this should be something we talk about uh but but yeah i just think alizé is going to be there and then stanley i would pick stanley over probably over tyler cook just because one you have way more games with 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 stanley so like like i said while he might be a nothing on offense like I at least do know with Stanley that like you're going to get adequate defensive play if you're going to put him out there for 10 minutes. Like I, I, do trust that he'll at least give me that on the defensive end. Cook, I just he was okay with a stint in Detroit last year. I just still don't know exactly what you're what you're going to get out of him. There's a little mm. bit more of the unknown. And with the team who's trying to win now, I'd rather just take whoever's going to give me a little bit more of what I know.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, you know Ben Simmons, I think would solve our our defensive <laughs> just saying uh,
0: I agree yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if that if that Australian brother was was <laughs> was was coming to this the this, this town called Chicago um
2: I don't he know I
0: might I might do some cartwheels man I, I, I don't know I, I'm a big guy you know me doing <laughs> cartwheels is, is saying a lot man I'm just saying but um <laughs> wait wait I gotta ask you
1: now just just completely random would you would you trade Demar Derozan for Ben Simmons? Like, include you know picks aside. Would you swap those players if you could on this team?
0: Are you asking me or are you asking Eli?
2: Both he yes Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, 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 think I would. If you're just doing a one-on-one swap.
1: No, like, no. I mean, like you're, you'll add picks or whatever. I'm just saying, like, would, uh, you, would you rather have basically Demar on this squad or Ben Simmons? This is a tough one. I just sprung on you guys, but
2: it is tough. I just the thing with me. It's probably. I mean, you probably. I mean, probably like there's probably people who are watching or listening to be like, well, duh, the Deval- or Ben, just but duh, Ben, because like the upside and everything. It's just for me. My mind immediately goes like, well, what's the transaction? How many picks am I giving up? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is You're the deal? Right. Exactly? So <laughs> that's why it's hard for me to answer. Because like, would I like to have Ben Simmons or room? Ben Simmons is the answer. But I just don't but then when I'm thinking about what the trade is and the transaction, my head just goes all over the place. So it's hard for me to say. But there's no doubt that like I think Ben Simmons, I'm not like a huge Ben Simmons truther. I honestly always I even think Donovan Mitchell should have won rookie of the year. But I've never so I've never been a huge like Ben Simmons dude. But I do, I do understand that he's one of the like a generational defensive player. I think he's getting a little too much hate when it comes to like, well, this guy sucks. He's not actually gonna be good. It's like, no, this dude's still gonna be an all star. Like, he's still if he gets his own team and he just gets his head right, he's gonna be good. So I just think it's, uh, it, so I would definitely take him on the team. It's just when you take it, it gets difficult when you talk about he's making a hundred and like fifty million over the next several years and then all that stuff. So.
0: Eli it's a Eli. hard,
2: question, Chris.
0: It's a hard question. Eli we don't have to think about the money. We don't have to think about the hundred and fifty million right now. Okay, Let, let's not oh, think about that, right? Let's just think of it in that vacuum, just for fun. Okay. Yeah. Just so for fun, so, uh,
2: well, on, for fun on the subject. it's fun as hell. It's fun as hell if you're here. Yeah, no, I can't yeah. get behind the pod.
1: But that, there's an there's an early, you know, there's an early season storyline to, to watch, obviously, around the NBA. But I know there's there's ones we want to talk about with the bulls, right, Lero?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, here. Wait. Before we get to that,
1: I'm leading. See, and now I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to lead I'm trying to lead my my ta- the tangent that I got us on back into the show.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, you're and trying to make up for what I'm, you did. Yes. Yeah, so, well, well now Okay. I'm getting, now I'm running.
1: On, now I'm I'm stepping on Lara's toes. So I apologize.
0: No, brother. No. I, I, <laughs> I, it's it's totally fine, man. Hey, look. I love it. But anyway, um, so some predictions man for the bulls um what are some it doesn't necessarily have to be uh records or anything like that but what are some like cool some fun or you know some predictions for this team you know uh i want to hear what you got elias what you got man
2: well i think uh i don't know i gotta think about like we want to we want to talk about like early on just for like the season as a whole what exactly are we we want what area do we want to talk about
0: So, okay, for the first part, first question,
2: uh, like
0: I'll just give you uh, a specific one. All right. So um, what are we expecting? Zach, right, because a lot of the talk, a lot of the talk is, is like, how can Zach get more efficient? You know, like, is Zach the guy um, that can, you know, be a one on a team? Um so I guess what I want to know is like what's your prediction for Zach you know in terms a, a, a,
2: as a whole Yeah so I think that I mean I do think it's going to be really difficult for him to be any more efficient than he was last season. I I mean, it's just like, yes, one would think, well, with all this more help and all this stuff, like maybe it's just last season. I don't think people really understand how statistically amazing last season was for him, like, and for what he, what he did. And also just around the league, it was like an odd year in terms of just like sheer bucket getting the efficiency that some players were doing it at was absolutely crazy. So I think it might be hard for him to match that, but that doesn't mean he's not gonna be a better player. I think he's gonna be a better player for sure. Uh I, I think that having this help around him is going to make him look more like a number one. You know, the like I do I do understand the question of like, well, is he gonna be like is he a number one on a championship team? Like, no, probably not. Like I'm gonna like I'm not trying to bust anyone's it balls here, but like that's just I don't think it's gonna he's the number one on a championship team. But could he be a guy that leads you to the playoffs? Like, yeah. And it's the same thing with, like, Bradley Beal. Like, is Bradley Beal a number one on a championship team? I don't know how many people are going to say yes about that. Like, I don't I don't know for sure how many people are going to say that Beal will be, like, the one to, to, to lead, like, a team to fully by himself to the, to the championship. He's not, like, of that echelon, I don't think. So, But I think at the end of this season, the way I look at it, at least, is I think Levine and Beal are going to be pretty similar by the end of this year. As long as Levine can win, have a winning season, get his team to the playoffs. I think he's going to be on like that same tier as a guy like Bradley Beal. Cause there's so many people around the league who look at Beal better, even though the two of them have been very close, but it's just because Beal has had a couple winning seasons under his belt. I understand he's led the league. He's obviously been someone who's led the league in scoring and he's done it consistently. So for me, that's two things with Levine. If he wants to take the next step, it's just do what you did last year. Again, you know, be, be efficient. It doesn't have to be as efficient, but be efficient, be one of the more like a, uh, powerful scorers in the league and then also improve a little bit on defense and you know you're going to be a top shooting guard in the league for sure in people's eyes so i think and i think by the end of the year he does that just because he has more help than ever before um you know he has has people who i think his defense will take a step in the right direction because there's a lot of offensive pressure that's now finally off his back and we saw at the olympics if he puts a little more focus into it he can play adequate you know defense He's not, going to be, he's not going to be above average, but you can play average defense if you need to. And so, yeah, I mean, it's not any sort of like hot take, but I just think by the end of the year, we are looking at Zach Levine. Zach Levine is going to be worth the money he'll be getting by next off People are going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. The contract he's getting, he's worth it. It's not because the free agency's crap. It's not because the Bulls just need someone. It's like, no, that money makes sense for him because he is one of the best pure scorers in the league and one of the best shooting girls in the league. Hmm. Well
1: said, well said. And my prediction specifically for Zach is I think not only is that, that reputation going to change, I think that statistically, he's going to be a, he's going to be an average or better defender statistically. Like I think the numbers, like I think defensive EPM is going to like him more this year. And and you mentioned that um, Zach has some help. I don't think people realize <laughs> Zach has never had a top 100 player On his roster, on the Bulls, right. Now, there's a caveat. Otto Porter Jr. was ranked like 97th. He was, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: But but he never played. (laughs) He never. He's never. never, As we know, too too well that Otto Porter, who was supposed to be our star, you know, our you know a a really nice piece next to Zach because he was 27, is not really. Twenty-seven in real life, apparently. <laughs> um, but now yeah, we've more got like sixty-two. Yeah, now we've got not only a top hundred player, but we've got three in the top hundred now, besides Zach, which is Vooch, Damar and and uh, and Lonzo Ball. And I think Caruso is probably somewhere in like the low hundreds. Uh, and I think he'll be better. But yeah, that, that I think that's I think your predictions are right on. I don't think they're they're wild at all. In fact, uh, I was I was hoping you'd say like. He will be the number one shooting guard in the entire league. Yeah,
2: no, and I'm not gonna make that, the super I max. Say, yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna sure say that he's the well, I would love, and, hey, if he made all I do think, well, I guess like a hot take. I think he could definitely make an all NBA team. Like, there's if the Bulls that I, I, I don't know if that's that's kind of hot takey, but I think you can make an all NBA team relatively easily as long as the Bulls are a playoff team. If they compete, if they compete for a legitimate playoff spot, if they're the Knicks of last year, right? Like, we saw Julius Randle do it. If, the, if they're the next, maybe not even the 4 seed, but they get, if they can creep past the play-in tournament and get to like a seed spot, which again, it's not like I'm saying that's easy, but if they can do that and he's the number one guy on the team, he's shooting efficiently, he's scoring around 27, you know, 28 a game, it's going to be hard for him not to be an All NBA. I mean, the guard position is hard, obviously. There's a lot of really good guards. It's, that's, it's easier to make it for a front court spot, but it wouldn't be shocking to me if he can get an All NBA team just because, one, it's the Bulls, too. We got to forget it's the Bulls. Like, once the Bulls are good, like there's going to be a once the team is good and competing, there's going to be a lot of spotlight. There's going to be a huge spotlight on this. Like it's one of the biggest markets yep. in the league, so that team will be talked about. And it's it's like the Knicks. Once the Knicks got good, and they were in the playoffs. You couldn't stop hearing about the Knicks. And it's going to be the same thing with the Bulls as long as they're they have a winning record. And that helps you when it comes to those all NBA cases.
0: You know, wasn't it? Um, was it? I think I was Zach Lowe is somebody that said it, He thought that Zach was an all NBA player last year before his, his uh, ankle.
1: Yeah. I was so, going to say if, yeah. if he hadn't gone down with that ankle and they made the plan, like if they had been where the wizards were, I think he, right, have he might've been all NBA. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, for real.
0: And then we yeah. also had, uh, who was it? Was it, uh, I think Zach Lowe might've been a part of this as well uh, with uh, Nick Friedel saying that they should have traded for Bradley Beal because Bradley Beal is, is more of the, uh, franchise player i guess so
1: <laughs> at the beginning of the season they said i don't remember who it was but i think it might have been i think it might have been uh brian windhorst and someone on their podcast i think they said like man if you if the bulls want to get into the into the um beale conversation it would take zach Levine and three first round picks and i was like what,
2: what? <laughs> Thinking about I just find it hard player? because Levine, it, the whole Levine Beal thing, and I have like no hate for Beal. I understand why he's understand He's a great player, but I just think that at this stage of, of Levine's career, doing what he did last season, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's on the brink of being, you know, like we'll have to see. Like I said, consistency is key. But you got, we're, he's on the brink of doing what Beal does, and Beal is somebody who hasn't. It's not like he's been in the playoffs a ton the past couple of years, so. I, I do believe that that uh, Beal is, is, you know, I, I understand him being ranked higher than Levine, one hundred percent. He should be ranked higher than Levine right now. But if you're telling me that he's like ESPN did, what if Beal's 11th and Levine's 33? You're going to tell me they're that far off? No I don't way. think so. <laughs> so no, hard I would say that far off.
1: like I would I would put Beal more around 20 and Zach around 25-ish, like kind of in that you know in that range. Maybe Beal late teens to 20. But you're right. He he needs to earn it. But Salim said it here. Zach had a better season on both ends of the floor than than Beal did statistically and, and impact wise. But he's got he's been to the playoffs. He made the playoffs again last year it's with, the with Russ. And it's,
2: the, it's consistency. Led league. Yep. He's been in one of the top scores in the league several years in a row. When you're doing that, you're going to be you'll get the respect you deserve. So. It's the same thing with Beal, and he's got to at least kind of, you got to be in the hunt, and then he's got to do what he did last year again. And if he does it again, I think he'll get the respect that that people yep. think he deserves.
1: He's, uh, I'm excited for that. I can't wait till people stop talking to me about Zach being the worst <laughs> defender in the NBA, and all he does is dunk. I literally had a comment like two days ago that said, "All he does is dunk. What? what how is he better than Beale? Anyways, wild stuff. <laughs> That's gonna change.
0: Wow, man, like. Well,
1: I, we got I don't off we'll be here for two hours.
0: So. I know, man. Um, I know. But, you know, one last thing, like it bodes well that like every, every year of him being a bull, he's like improved, you know. So, I, I mean, yeah, he's got to be consistent, but I think he's been consistently improving his, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's career. a great point.
1: So, that's a great point. So, so I, he takes he takes he doesn't just improve. He takes like significant leaps every year in yeah. categories we never thought he would be good at. Like right. his playmaking this year blew my mind. In comparison yeah. to where he was last year blew my mind. Yeah. Um, so I'm ready to have my mind blown again.
0: <laughs> Move on. Um, I did want to talk about uh, another player, right? I, I, first, I'm going to ask you a prediction of how he's going to be used, but I would also like how you would use them or him um, and DeMar DeRozan. Um, how, how, how do you think uh, Billy's going to um, ask DeMar to play here in Chicago? Who wants
1: to take it? Chris, you want to yeah, go? Yeah, sure. let's go
0: Chris. Let's go sure. Christopher. Let's go
1: Christopher. <laughs> I mean, I think I think you have to put the ball in Demar's hands in that starting lineup because not necessarily because that's always the best option, but because I think putting putting DeMar off ball has not been very successful strategy at this point. And I think it places Zach and Vooch's strengths to be off ball. I think both of them have significant gravity and are smart passers. Uh, Zach was one of the most efficient cutters in the league last year. And I think Vooch is severely underrated on the offensive end. Even even though everyone knows that he's an offense-only center, that's what people talk about him as, I think he's really underrated on this team. And he, he really makes DeMar's job work. He really makes that pick and roll, that pick and pop action work. And Zach, Zach being a cutter in a in a in a Vooch Demar pick and roll is just a cheat code. I mean, it's just unfair to the rest of the league to have to defend them. And then if you've got guys like Caruso, Kobe, Pat, Will, Lonzo Ball that are all capable shooters, to good shooters uh, around the perimeter, that the offense is going to be hard to stop. So I think. Demar's going to be your de facto point guard. He's going to be your primary creator to create the initial advantage, get the defense in the rotation. Um, as far as how, so that's how I would use him, and I think Billy's going to have to do that. and And we've seen Billy run three guard lineups, so he can do that with Zach, Demar, and uh, and Lonzo, and I think he can do that really effectively because everyone, all, two of those three guys, have played off ball and are very good at playing off ball. Uh, Demar is not so good, so the my worry is more about what do you do with Demar, um, you know, in a bench unit, or if he doesn't have the ball in his hand, what's what's he going to do? That that's more my concern.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I would definitely, I'm I'm right there with you. I think I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago in terms of everyone being fearful of the of the uh, Fit. you know of the meshing between Levine and, and DeRozan. I don't really like you. I mean, you brought up some of the reasons. I don't see it being a huge problem, and it's just because Levine is somebody who has been asked to play on ball far more than he needs to, or should be over the past couple of years. And I think people just assume he's this ball dominant high, you know, like he's a high usage guy, obviously because he's a, score, a high um, volume scorer, but they just assume he's this ball dominant guy, but it's like, no, he doesn't have to be that. He's been forced to be that because the Bulls have made him that. So right. it's like, if you add DeRozan into the picture here, that's the guy who is a, a very solid half court playmaker. And, I get in a ton, and I won't go into too much of a tangent on this. But I get in a fight with so many I mean, probably, Maybe you guys saw this on Twitter, but I've just been like back and forth people about Longo Ball hits totals and all this stuff, and blah, blah blah. And I'm like, Longo Ball is is not. He's not going to be the getting racking up. I don't think he's gonna be racking up eight assists a night, seven assists a night. Like people think that's what he's gonna be doing. No, this is a transition guy. Like if you know his game, he works. He's great at pushing the pace. He's a good ball mover. He's a tri- guy who pushes the pa- uh, pace and transition. But when it comes to half court offense, he's not running the pick and roll. You know, he's not somebody who's gonna be racking up assists in the half court. Who does that well? DeRozan. He's the better half court playmaker. So I think, and you brought it up, Chris. DeRozan off ball is, is nothing. It's just he doesn't do anything. <laughs> and like we and that's the thing, Levine can actually do things off the ball. And so that's why I agree. I think it's gonna have to be DeRozan is somebody who is running the offense in the half court. I actually think this team's gonna play a little bit slower than people think they're gonna play. A lot of people think they're gonna be sprinting up and down the court because Alonzo and I, I they're gonna they have plenty of, of fast break opportunities and will definitely push it. Um, but I think they're going to play slower than some people think because of DeRozan's game being such a good half court uh, pick and roll maestro. And then having a guy like Vucevic who is such a good screener and, you know, pick and pop guy. So they're going to want to do plenty of that. And then when you have Levine, like you said, this is a guy who I think was second in points per possession and cutting last season. This is the guy who shot uh, upwards of 48% on catch and shoot threes last season. This is a guy who, you know, he's, he can play off the ball perfectly fine. So I agree with you 100. percent. It's going to be. I think DeRozan's going to see a lot of half-court action, uh, a lot of the half-court playmaking, and um, and then it, and, and Levine will get the ball when he wants it. He's the number one guy. If he wants the ball in his hands, he'll have it. But I think he's going to understand too. He's going to be like, thank God, I finally have somebody else who could do a little bit here, and then I can focus on using my athleticism and getting some easy corner threes and and doing what he does. So. And, like you said, the Vucevic addition is key. That's one of the best screeners in the league. Combine that with one of the best pick and roll players in the league and DeRozan. And then you have to put the ball in DeRozan's hands a lot of the time to to get stuff done.
0: You know, I kind of want to touch on this because I I went back and I watched, I'm an idiot. Um, I I watched maybe eight eight games of uh, the Pelicans with Lonzo because I always hear or read on Twitter, Oh, the role he was in—it um, wasn't him. Like he didn't get the chance to be this and that. But like, if you watch, they gave him chances to be a pick and roll kind of jumbo right. creator. Like they—they they tried. And and th- no knock on Lonzo. Like like it's okay if you can't if you if your your game doesn't allow you to do that. Like it's no knock on him. But like he 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 isn't able to get into the paint um, and consistently tilt defenses. Um, it's not it's, it's not his game. Right. So if you paid attention to how the Pelicans, uh, once they started to play better, it kind of sucked because they ended up getting some injuries at the wrong times. But they ended up right. Transition point guard was Lonzo. Right. Once they got to have court, that's when Zion came alive. They, they started in, in, you know, in um, implementing point Zion. And that's when they started to see differences, and then they moved Lonzo off ball because they obviously he's a really damn good connective passer, and he really understands how to attack closeouts. He's a damn good catch and shoot three point shooter. He he he's a like it's okay to, that Lonzo isn't Luca. Like it, it's okay, right? Right? And and I think people just think uh, because they said he said in his presser, "Oh, I wanted to be here because they're going to allow to be allow me to be me." And I think so many people are taking that the wrong way. They, they, they think that, Agreed. you know, like he's going to be, you know, Bill's going to be like, all right, he go Lonzo, make something happen. Like, like, no, it, it's.
2: Well, do we remember watching him in college too? Like I understand in college he was like, but also like the dude, the dude is a transition freak. He's super fast. He's got a big frame, but like what? It, he's just never been this. I know people think too, looking at him and they know he's, he has great size and length. And so they assume like, Oh, this is the guy who should be able to play well, in the pick and roll and get to the rim and all this stuff. But he's just never been that player. And I don't think with a guy like the Rosen who won has been that player, his whole career and two had one of the best playmaking seasons of his career last season uh, out of the pick and roll. It would be absurd for them to just be like, no, we're going to not, we're going to let Lonzo do something that he's never really proven he could do yet. And, So I don't know. It's just it's, and I don't, and I understand that people they're like, well, he's the point guard. He's the future of the team point. But point guard can mean different things on different teams. The role that they play. He will have the ball in his hands. He'll push the pace. He'll bring it up the floor. Like you said, great connected passer. He'll be plenty involved. But in terms of thinking, he's going to be the guy. At least in my opinion, I maybe this changes. Who knows? And he flips a switch. But to think that he is the guy who's going to be running the show completely in the half court is. Is just not knowing his game, in my opinion. Like it just, you know, he, he's not exactly who he is. If he can do that, yep. great. I would love to see it. It's just I know that Demar can do it. I don't know that he can do it.
1: Exactly, hundred percent. And it's when you look at these players individual, you see these. It's not flaws, but it's limitations, right? There, it's you have to find the right partners for them. You have to find the right fit. And you know, Demar doesn't fit with every team. I don't think Lonzo fits with every team. But they fit really, really well next to Zach and next to Vooch. I just I, AK did a fantastic job getting both of them here. And when when the free agency was going down and we had we were in like a group DM and some some guy was like, We gotta get to Marta Rosen. We gotta get to Marta Rosen. We hadn't signed we hadn't signed Alex Caruso yet. This was like right after Lonzo, and I was like, man, I don't know mm-hmm. about that. Like we we don't I don't know if we have enough defense. I don't know if we have, you know like everything that we need here. Then we got Tony, like then we got DeMar Caruso and Tony Bradley and, and like, it just, it fit perfectly well. It was after Caruso that I was like, okay, now go get, now go get DeMar. Cause now <laughs> you got your point of it. You got your point of like defender off the bench that can come in and, you know, kind of give him a spell and some of that's proven, right? Cause you know, Torbound Tur- Jr. Has, has uh, taken on that role a little bit, but he's unproven still. And I don't, yeah. I didn't want to, <laughs> didn't want to do that to our defense, but they fit so well together. I really think they're going to have phenomenal offense. Um, uh, right. And then, yeah. And I want to ask if Larry, if I could, I wanted to ask yeah. a, a question real quick, specifically about Troy Brown Jr. Mm. Do you guys have any predictions about him, about either his role or what his production is going to be like, or, or how we're going to be talking about him, you know, a year from now? Lara, I'll, I'll yeah. start with you on this one.
0: Man. I, I, this is going to, this is a hot take. I think I'm going to, it may not be, it may not be a hot take. It, it, like if people understand what I'm trying to say, it, it it won't be a hot take, but like, I really feel like with a full season of a, a training camp, Billy continuing to let him know what he wants out of him, not dealing with the Scott Brooks, you know, situation where he just doesn't know what he needs to do to get on the floor. Um, like, I see a guy that you can have on the floor that's very interchangeable. He can be off ball. He can be on ball a little bit. Um, He's already a good connective passer, but here is where the take comes. I look (laughs) at, I look at TBJ and I think he could be like our Kevin Herter in a way, like a guy that you can run some pick and roll with. And I just hope this is where the, the take fizzles a little bit. Is I just hope that he can make uh, his threes, like and 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 the, I just see a guy like the bubble. I just envision that the the bubble uh, um, on ball uh, reps that he had, and I just like man, like if he can really tap into that offensively and and be like a second secondary playmaker for this team, like dude, is, it would be huge. He'd be huge. Um, so for me, I, I just see a guy. My like Chris,
1: what exactly are you look? Are you looking for like? I mean, are you thinking <laughs> he's a restricted free agent at the end of this year? Mm-hmm. I think his qualifying offer is seven point two million dollars, and this is a team that we know is going to be um, flirting with the tax next year, just based on the context we have. Um, you know, so. Is he going to be a guy where you're like, pay the man? Is he because he's going to have a crucial role this year at that small forward? We haven't had a good small forward since Mike Dunleavy. I think I said last last yeah. week. <laughs> like, like I I hoped so much for Otto Porter because when Otto Porter was good and playing well, this team was completely different. So that that spot is really crucial for him to be that connective passer. I I offensively. He's got to make his shots because I, I like him as a secondary passer and a connective passer, and he can run some pick and roll. But I don't know how many opportunities he's going to have to do that with this squad specifically, with all the ball handlers we have this year. And so, you know, what do you think is the is the swing skill that's gonna that's gonna um, convince Bulls fans? We we need to keep this guy even if it takes us into the tax next year. We need to retain this guy.
0: That's a damn good question.
2: I think it's, so I think it's, it's just it goes back to what we've already said. And it's as simple as just making a shot because what we've seen from him is that he's can be an a, adequate defender. I think that he is a strong secondary playmaking option off the bench. Uh, you know, he's the guy that, that is, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be a, a, I don't really see him as being a starter in this league. He's still very young. So that's a big, that's a big plus for a guy like him. But um You know, I I think it just comes down to making a shot because I've loved everything about him since he's come into the league. Like just there's just he has every like little bit of like a basketball player that you want. It's just he's one of those guys. He's kind of like like honestly, he's kind of like Io. I would assume it in a lot of ways because Io comes into the league and you're like, I like that guy. He's a good basketball player and he's a smart basketball player and he tends to make the right play. Now, Troy, Troy Brown Jr. can do it. It's obviously not a perfect comparison. He does, He can do more without the ball in his hands, for sure. He's a better off-ball player. But still, in the sense of that kind of player, that you're like, I like that guy. He's a good basketball player. But like, what does he do great? And you're like, eh. Well, I don't really know. And it's like, so it's hard to find exactly where he fits. It's like, well, as long as he can make shots, like, then that's a guy that that can be really that I think could be really good for you. He just needs to be able to to, to make some knockdown threes and hit things more adequately. But um, but yeah. So I, I think he's this year is going to be really interesting to see. It's going to be pivotal if he can get, if he can just be a solid rotation piece for you. I do think he's going to get the full blown opportunity to be that guy for them. Because like I said, with Derek Jones jr. Um, which is why this would be interesting to watch in training camp is with, this is another guy, uh, Troy Brown jr. That is that they trade they went out and got, and clearly I think because they added him into their, their deadline, they clearly were interested in him. And I think AK said as much, you know, when they first got him, like he's the guy that I've had my eye on for a while. So, Clearly, they like this guy and they they want to give him an opportunity and they see a lot of potential there. And I think it's the same thing with like with Kobe. It's why they've kept Kobe. They see something. So the opportunities are going to be there. But at the end of the day, it's just if he doesn't uh, if he doesn't just start making the, some more of his open shots and making some threes, it's going to be hard to, to find exactly what kind of role he can play on this team. So I'll be curious to watch to, to watch what happens. I do think he's going to end up being a fine rotation piece for them this year and. Uh, and whether or not that nets him a new contract on the team, that, that, that'll that be interesting.
0: Okay. So I thought about it.
2: <laughs> so
1: what you're saying is you weren't listening to, to life. No, no, no. That's I was, list, I was, I was, I was <laughs>
0: doing multi No, I was please, multi-ti- please multi-ti- <laughs> think about it. No, of- I, I, I definitely agree with everything you said. Like, no, I, I think hanged. he's going to be I a great like, rota- I rotation piece. Like, I I, I think he's definitely going to have to make a shot. no doubt about that. But, like, Chris uh, – uh, I think if you want to bring in like uh, the cap situation and saying, okay, this is the money we have left. What are you going to do for us, Troy? Like we know you need to knock down your shots, but what else are you going to offer? What what uh, why, what else is it that you are going to do that we're like, you know, what we can add, we can, we can give you another contract because we think you're useful. And I think if you look at this team and like point of attack defending Caruso is obviously number one when it comes to that. And then after that, it kind of, you, you kind of like tossing up maybe DJJ, maybe, but he's, I don't know about that, but I think we saw last season of, I mean, we, we've brought it up before, but how, what he did against Kyrie, right? He, he, he really defended Kyrie really, really, really well on ball navigating screens really being an irritant so i think if you want to talk about a swing skill i think that if he can really show that he could be a a consistent point of attack defender like a a, that second guy that that after caruso that you're like okay Mm -hmm. i think that is the i think that's one of the ways and for me i think the biggest way that uh uh, just having that secondary guy that you can throw on point of attack
1: i and i think there's probably going to be times during the season where you have Caruso and Troy Brown Jr. on the floor and Troy Brown Jr. is taking point of attack just because of how good Caruso is as a help defender as well. He's a really, really phenomenal help defender as well. And if, as that's how Billy Donovan, that's what Billy Donovan told Troy when he first got here, this is your role. This is how you get minutes on the floor, be a defender, be a pass out there. And he, he was, I thought he was really coming into his own. Offensively, I think it's been a little underrated, and it's probably because it's a very small sample size. But when he was with the Bulls, he was really, really efficient at getting to the rim and also at, um, at getting n ones. Like he was, I gotta look it up, but I think he was. He shot eighty three percent at the rim, <laughs> um, in, in only in thirteen games, obviously. But uh, he's his for his career. He's always been really, really good. He's never shot below. He shot sixty four percent. Seventy percent, seventy-one percent, and then this year he shot uh, eighty-three percent with us. So, if he can be a really, really nice off-ball cutter in that second unit, and you can have you know Caruso and Kobe and and probably either Zach or Vooch or you know some other shooter out there from the from the starters, and that's going to be that's going to be a good a good spot for him. No, (laughs) Larry. (laughs) i tried to slander laro i was just making a joke Larry. i know you were listening to elias
2: no i know you're a too yeah do not worry i know i was I, just i, I was I, just I,
1: making i was trying to make you laugh and, and, and i was trying it to, got no, you worried. So
2: i was also listening to everything then, but i was just trying to start thinking about like comparisons for troy brown jr like what can, can he be mm. and so like one name that came to my mind was like is he like a jeremy lamb like i don't know like what he is oh. like so yeah, so I've been trying. I don't know. I was just trying to think of like names in my head of players that like maybe he can become. But honestly, when I'm thinking about it, I don't even. Know- I haven't even watched like enough Jeremy Lamb film. But I just go like maybe like that's the kind of because like I think about is Lamb like a great outside shooter? Like no. But, like, is he and a great, like, shooter in general? Like, I don't – from what I – I don't think he is, right? Like, he's not a great shooter. So, like, I don't know. I just – that was the name that came to my mind. But, like, that's someone who's in the league a while and he holds a job. And that's how I look at Troy Brown Jr. He's like, that. he'll be in the league. Like, he's not yeah. going anywhere. Like, he's going to keep getting opportunity because he's, like, a young kind of – he's like, still, like, a kind of that high upside guy. It's just, is he going to be that? Yeah. Is he going to be that kind of player or can he be more than that? Like, I
0: I have a question uh-huh. for you, both of you guys. And let's say I'll just ask it straight out. What would be, if you, what percentage from three, would you be okay from Troy? Like, okay. So it'll be a lot of catch and shoot because of, you know, what, what we have on ball. So like, I guess a good catch and shoot number for you guys, like that'd be passable where you'd be like, you know what we, we, that we can do we can we can use that.
1: Hmm. So if uh, we look at his numbers the last few years right with with in in 2018-19 he shot 33% but he only shot 60 He was 20 out of 60. The next year he made he attempted 162 he made 36% of them which is you know about league average. The next year um he only played 29 games versus the 69 games he'd played in the year before but he still made about 36 percent of those shots Hmm. on about 60 total attempts so if he can stay league average i mean if he's 36 percent i think that's good enough if he can also be solid on the defensive end and, and be a nice connective passer like that's a i think that's a great baseline expectation if he can if he can just kind of maintain that if he can get up into you know 38, 39%. Now we're really talking about a bench unit. Because one of the one of my main concerns of the bench unit is maybe a lack, a lack of outside shooting. Because outside of Kobe, and even Kobe has not, even though I think he has a reputation as a as a pretty good catch and shoot shooter, his numbers, if you look at like the stats, suggest he he hasn't been as good as that, as good as his gravity, which suggests. He is as a shooter, and Crusoe obviously had a career year at three, shooting forty percent. But he's never been—he's never been seen as a, as a really, you know. Yeah, I, high, I mean, who you're on the high high court high. with
2: helped so much because I remember right. like check, checking it, and it's just like, like you're right, Kobe. Just obviously, everyone knows he's a scorer, but he's never been he, his percentages so far. He's never been the most efficient player. But then once Vucevic got into the picture, I'm pretty sure Kobe was shooting thirty-eight percent from catch and shoot threes. You know, like thirty-nine. So. He was creeping up there towards the high 30s and uh, for his catching shoots because just boots made it so much easier. And um, but yeah, I mean with, with Troy, it's going to be really interesting to see. It, 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 he's somebody who just it, like I agree one hundred percent with the bench. It's just I don't know that 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 worries me because it's like the opposite problem of the the offense, right? Like the defense on the bench, you're not too worried about. Like I like the length, I like the the defensive options they have, like uh especially with caruso coming off the bench it's just like you're not too worried about what the bench can do uh in terms of holding out the floor defensively but when it comes to offense i just don't know where it's coming from other than kobe and kobe's not gonna you know kobe might not be back until mid-november so right off the bat it's like who's giving you anything on the offensive end i mean i hope like that's what i've honestly looked at troy as like the guy that's like maybe he could do something because like you said you brought up his rim percentages like he is pretty acrobatic around the rim. Like he's always been a decent finisher. Like he's good at, at at uh making his way uh inside. So like, it's just somebody's gonna have to step up and give you offense because you're you're relying on a one a lot of unproven guys in that second unit, and you're relying on a lot of guys who have never been like no one's ever really scored that much. <laughs> you're relying on Tony Bradley. You're relying potentially on Derek Jones Jr. If it's not Jones Jr., it's Alize. And then you're relying on Caruso and Troy Brown Jr. And so it's just like, where's the offense coming from? And that's why I think it's going to be so important for them to stagger a guy like DeRozan into the second unit. And he'll have to be, you know, he'll play the four or something. And then they're just going to be like, all right, go wild. Like, that's when he'll just be able to get his buckets whenever he wants, I think, with the off the bench and that's why he'll still get his, his, uh, the, you know, his high, I don't think he's going to reach 20. He's reached 20. I think the past like eight years of his career, I don't think he'll get 20 points per game again this year. We'll, yeah. we'll see, but you know, he'll probably get 17, 18. And the reason I'll average that is because I think a big part of it will be, here's the second unit Just do what you do. Like <laughs> just go get points. And, uh, and with him and Kobe out there, uh, eventually it might be fun, but, I definitely think that Jerome is going to be told just to to go do whatever he wants with the second unit because there's not going to be a lot of offensive potential there. Interesting.
0: Yeah. No. I man, that's some good stuff.
1: Hey, Larry. Like, I I got a question up. after yeah, after ahead. you're done. I, after you're done, I got a question.
0: Yeah, I, I was just going to ask like, what what are some realistic like lineups you can see uh, TBJ in, like uh, if they stagger, you know, Zach and and Demar.
1: Yeah, I think I think he could play in the starting lineup like if if you took like if your first sub is Demar, bring in Troy Brown at the 3 instead. I mean, I don't think that lineup I think that lineup actually improves defensively, obviously. Yeah. But Troy Brown Jr can play your point of attack defense and let Lonzo play help, let Pat play help if you know, assuming Pat's healthy at this point. I think that's a really nice mix of shooting and defense on that squad. I think your rear rim pressure is basically only Zach at that point, but if Troy Brown can continue to have that kind of gravity as a finisher and cutter, that, that's a, a, that would be a really fun lineup to see in my mind. Um, I would also, I mean, I, I I can see Troy Brown filling in at the two, at the two spot for Kobe early on in the season. Yeah. If he can, you know, just yeah. it, 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 depends on who's out there, if you, you could slide Zach to the three or have Tamar or, or Vooch out there, or someone else to provide some spacing, uh, I think Troy Troy can slide down to the two. And having him and Caruso out there, at, both at the point of attack, it's going to, man, offenses are going to be really mad every time. <laughs> this is so annoying. I can do you want to just say, leave I won't, me alone. I-
2: I don't want to dodge your question, but the one that I, w- I think would be, that I want to ask you guys what you, what you think is with Vooch, do you think, like, what if he's the, the first sub out there because they want to run fast? Like, what if they put in Tony Bradley and they also want to, because if you want to, you know, you're going to, I don't know what the, rota- I'm just interested in what Vooch's rotation is going to be like because the, you have such bad front court depth, but also I think they, they might want to run fast. And you might want to have, you know, Booch subbed out er- like pretty early. He's the first guy. And then he's gonna be able to come and finish out the 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 half for you and then he, he reserves his energy so he can play more minutes at the end of the game because he's their best center, obviously, and he might not be uh, anywhere I think he's better on defense than some people get him credit for just because yeah. he's a huge he's a huge body and he knows where to, he knows where to be. He's a smart player. He might not be in a – obviously, vert, well, didn't he have one of the verticals at his combine, I think, the year that he went? But he's just – so, like, he's his vertical horrible, and he's not a rim protector, but he knows where to be, like, position yeah. himself. So yeah. – um, but he. I'm just curious how they're going to run him, because I think they – since he's their best center and they're weak at that position, like, he, they're going to want him to play a lot in the fourth quarter. So I just wonder what his rotation is going to be. Are they going to, like, take him out early? Is DeMar going to be the first guy on the bench? So I was just curious I don't know I'm curious to, to know what you guys think of, think about how they're gonna use vooch we
1: we talked about this because i think I think if you want to run in transition you can still do that with vooch on the floor, just have vooch be your trailer in transition because him as a trailer three is a, is a really nice threat but if you run yeah
2: yeah
1: if you wanna I think a lineup I would love to see at some point in the season is having Patrick Williams as your small ball five mm. with Derek Jones jr at the four. Lonzo at the three, Zach at the two, Cruz at the one, that transition team would be really phenomenal and fun. And I think, you know, a lot of this depends on Pat's growth defensively this year, Yeah, but he's great. He's got great rim protection instincts and he's getting taller apparently and bigger. <laughs> he's already freaking huge. But if he ends up being like 6'10", with that kind of body, and that kind of you know vertical ability, I don't see why you can't run it. Run him as a small ball five, especially as you get later into the season, and and teams are starting to not care as much. I would love to see that lineup out there. I think that would be a lot of fun personally. And again,
2: maybe with the depth that they decided at the position, maybe that's what they want. Like with the front, off, maybe the front office has that in mind because they, yeah. they see that yeah. as that as that versatile. I don't know, but that would be fun. That would be fun.
0: That's such a great question because. Like Chris said, yeah, you can, st- you can still, you can still run with Vooch on the floor, right? You could, you know, we could toss it back to him if, if he doesn't have an open shot. You could flow right into a dribble handoff, you know, Chicago action, boom, you're right into your offense. But, like, man, like if he goes to the bench first, that's such a good question. Like, who would you want? Like, yeah, Pat could, Pat could throw, th- you could throw Pat out there, but like, do you want to put that much pressure on him that early? But I think he can handle it. But anyway, um.
1: It's got to be Tony Bradley, then. Well, I mean, it'll be Tony. Yeah, it'll. It will be Tony. yeah it will
2: be tony i just, just the lip I protection. Do, they're they're clearly putting a lot of and Tony's a fine rim runner. Like, but they're putting a lot of uh, just with how they again going back to the front court depth. Just how they organize things, they're putting a lot of weight on Tony Bradley's shoulders. <laughs> and I do think, to be fair, he's somebody who's always had a plus, like throughout his career. He's somebody, you know, he, last year I think he was like a plus three or something estimated box plus minus while he was on the court. Or maybe defensive was, but still, like he's every year of his career, he might he may may not have a ton of games under his belt, but he's always been like when he's on the court, you know what you're gonna get. He's not gonna shoot you in the foot. He's pretty reliable. Do a little bit of what he can protect the rim for you, and that and he's the perfect kind of player that deserves that 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 boost in minutes. You know, he's like he, he's that like guy who's kind of he's what he's gone around a little bit from Utah, to OKC. And he's gotten a little bit of more minutes, and he did a good job backing up Embiid. So I like that the Bulls took his chance because he's that perfect type of player that you're like, you know who deserves more of a chance, that guy. But I just am interested about how he'll do in that role because they're putting a lot of weight on his shoulders by just making him the, the main backup. Because I, as much as people are so excited for Marco, like, and I like Mar- like the type of player Marco is, but that guy's never stepped on the NBA court. He, we might not even see him. Like with the pad injury, it's different. Who knows? But, like, if Pat's healthy and the whole team's healthy, we might not see that guy other than garbage time. So it's like, you know, the plan's yeah. not to run Marco out there right now. At least I don't think. Maybe training camp changes that. So they're putting a lot of weight on Tony Bradley's shoulders. And I'm very curious to see how how he handles that. And I do think he'll handle it well. But that's one of the under underlook storylines, I think. Because if mooch even misses a game, your starting center is Tony Bradley. <laughs> Tony Bradley.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think Marco's got to be your victory cigar, and that's it. At this
2: point,
1: the season. <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no. Yeah. He's getting the Felicio, the Felicio minutes this year. Unfortunately, just. Probably. <laughs> I
0: don't know how I forgot we had Tony Bradley, <laughs> but anyway. uh <laughs> Well, that,
1: that, that, so that I have, I have this question then, which is, which guy that that is not clearly in the rotation now? Do you think earns those minutes by the end of the season? The like five? not not because of injuries, but but earns the minutes. So you got guys like, like Darren Jones Jr. I don't think is for sure in the rotation. Alize Johnson I don't know for sure is in the rotation. Marco Io, Javante Green, Stanley Johnson, like all those guys. <laughs> I'm not asking about star players; I'm just asking about obscure bench players that may not receive. No,
0: no, no. I, I, I know. <laughs> I,
1: I, you know, that's what we do. But
0: I, I just, I'm, I, I want to say a name. Because just I, the I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of biased, I guess. Because, like I said, like on Mark's pod, like I loved him coming out of high school. I thought he was going to be a stud.
1: Stanley Johnson. Dude.
0: Stanley. Oh,
2: like, a big I, Stanley I, guy. Like, like a big I'm, Stanley
0: I'm, guy. I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on Standy. Like, uh, Standy. Stanley. Uh, <laughs> like I, I really, <laughs> I really feel like him being on a, a team that that he that they're not going to depend on him to score the ball. Like he, he could just kind of you know play his Fair role. Or, yeah, you know, and but. He's still young, you, you, you just never know. But like, I'll put Stanley to the side. But he's 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 a he's a name. I'll just drop him right there. Um, but Alize, I would say Alize because I, I think, okay. yeah, that's what mine would be though. Yeah, like I, I just think when he's had his opportunity to play, like he's taking full advantage of it. So um, I'm I'm kind of eager to see how he how he looks. So yeah, yeah. Alize.
1: That's a good. That's a good answer.
2: Yeah, I definitely think if anyone if anyone outside the rotation right because I think nine man is TBJ right now, and then uh like he's the ninth guy, and then I think um, and then I think uh ten man, you had you had Derrick Jones Jr. And then, you know, maybe the person who's maybe like DJJ loses his spot to Day or something. But I because I do think he's while he doesn't nearly have the, the sheer athleticism and like the verticality that, that Derrick Jones Jr. does. He has the bulkier frame he has the actual more traditional power forward body and they and he's his rebounding is great like i mean he's, yeah. he's a really solid rebounder uh, things just seem to stick to his hands and he clearly is like someone who isn't afraid to and i'm saying that that djj is afraid but he's not afraid to take uh take um yeah he does look like cherry beller's hair uh, <laughs> but yeah he's not afraid to take to take contact so uh, he just seems like a guy who' who you might be able to throw in there and if if a guy like derek Jones jr just keeps getting bullied around too much i i
0: real quick chris just real like real quick splash um no but i also like would like to see him in like kind of because some of the games i've watched like i've seen some like connective passing flashes from him so i, I would kind of yeah, like to has, him yeah a short role, like like in the short role and and see what he can mm-hmm. do so yeah that's all i i would like to see that
1: that's good. All right, let me, let me let me kind of morph the question a little bit. Who do you think is going to be the most improved player on the Bulls this year? Mm. Because I've got two guys in mind for this that I think I I think they will and I also feel like the team's how far the team go depends a lot on them. And the two names uh, that I think are the most important swing players on this roster are Patrick Williams and Troy Brown Jr. Uh, And and I think Kobe's probably the third guy there, Um, but he's going to be in a more specialized role, but I think Patrick Williams, especially defensively is going to be super, super key. So I I think that's my vote for most improved player. I think it's got to be, it's I think it's going to be, and it's got to be Patrick Williams, if anybody, but I want to see what you guys think about it.
2: It's a tough going question because, yeah. yeah. It's a tough question because I think, I think the obvious answer is definitely Patrick Williams. I mean, it's just, this team, I completely agree that this team is only going to go long-term as far as he takes them. Um, you know, I think that that's, it's just, he's somebody who, especially defensively, he's going to be the anchor of their defense once he's fully healthy. Um, and, and he's definitely, I think the the right pick, but trying to think if i had to throw another name in there who i think could be like people would be like whoa he's having a great season i guess let me put this on turns on his head a little bit and i'm not going to say that this guy's going to be the most improved but somebody that i think will get way that could get way more respect this year than they ever have is is bucevich i think he's going to get more respect than he ever has this year and it's just because he's never played around this much talent in his career you could say that for you know levine and stuff too but at least you know the flashy playmaker type he's the guy there's he's going to be in commercials when the season starts people know his name like they know right. Levine so while he yes I agree he needs to get more respect it's not that there's a lack thereof right now I mean the, the people still understand uh, who he is and and he's talked about a lot same with and everyone knows that DeRozan is a four-time all-star you know it, it, it's he does he also deserves a little bit more respect because I think people focus too much on what he doesn't do versus what he does do really well because is one of the most unique players in the league, one of the most u- unique offensive players in the league right now. When we look at today's NBA, it's ridiculous how he's been able to maintain the scoring level that he's he's had while just completely ignoring the three pointer and just <laughs> dominating and not dominating the mid range game and being this pick and roll like guru. I think he deserves more respect for that. But with Vucevic, he's just someone who's flown so under the radar for so long in terms of his respect and around the league. He's truly like, the, he could be. This season, like this, this third he's gonna be like third best center in the East, you know, like <laughs> because what you have Embiid and then you have, you can have Bam and then what maybe Vooch like and who knows with Bam like I Bam's definitely the better two way player of course, but like depending on how the season goes like Booch could technically be the second best center in the East, so it's just like. I think that he's somebody that this year on this team, if they play well, they start winning, they get the national attention. People are going to be like, whoa, this dude's pretty good. He averages, 20, you know, he can average 23 and 11, like, easily. He can rack up freaking 16 boards like nobody's business. He's one of the more versatile offensive bigs in, in that we've seen, honestly. Like, he's just blown under the radar. So I think this season he's somebody that um, – he might not be the most improved, obviously. So that's – but I just think most improved in terms of maybe some fans' eyes. Like, I never realized that like, guy was that good.
1: <laughs> That's I, a great point. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it is. It is such a
1: great point. But I,
2: in terms of your specific question, I agree with Patrick Williams 100%. I'm not the But I appreciate
1: it. Uh, the tangent was well worth it, for sure. Yeah. I
2: appreciate
0: that. Um, <laughs> man, like, yeah, I mean, Pat Will, you know, Pa, my guy, I, I would go there. But another player I, I think – um that I think will he'll have his like first plus uh field goal percentage um year uh, more efficiency uh in his all of his his offensive game. And I think Kobe man like I think Kobe will be very I, I think he'll take a, a a leap in efficiency this year. Um, like you said, Eli, like at the beginning of the show, like you said, um, you really saw like him more comfortable with Vooch, like once, once Vooch was there and with a whole season with him and having another playmaker in, in DeMar and like, I could just see him having an excellent, like offensive uh, season. So that's another name I would throw out there.
2: Yeah. I think off the bench, it's just a two with less pressure. Like yeah. he's going to be able to do what he's, he's going to be able to just kind of focus on, he's not going to have to focus on the playmaking too much. I think putting him next to Caruso is going to help too off the bench, just because defensively Caruso is going to help make up for a lot of Kobe's mistakes and a lot of his, uh, so and Kobe's had to change roles too often over the past couple of years. It's, yeah. it's, I was so big high on Kobe. And I still love him as a player when he coming out of the draft. I just think that, uh, you know, this team hasn't helped him really over the last two years in terms of his role. And he's had to not do so, so many different things. So yeah. I do think this year he could really, uh, uh, he could, he could really take a huge step in the right direction just because he, he's not going to, there's not going to be as much pressure on his shoulders and and he'll have better playmaking around us. Well, agreed 100%. It's a good pick.
0: Yeah. Um. So, I'm, we how long have we been going? What, an hour and twenty man. All right. Um, so I, I know you know you probably want to get some sleep and and lay down and and relax. Um, so before I you know, talking I, about fantasy
2: football lineup for like an hour beforehand. Oh, me too. Me to start, too. So don't worry. Yeah. Me right. too. Um,
0: but I just wanted to ask you one more question. Kind of a fun one, right? So, um, if you could pick one player from Bulls history. And obviously, you can't pick Derek, can't pick Jimmy, can't pick MJ, Scotty. But a a role player or someone that you think can take this team to another level if you would insert them into the rotation, who would you pick and why? Elias, I want to see.
2: I got to open this up. Oh, my God. Okay, well, this guy isn't really – I mean, he's not necessarily a a role player, but, I mean – could you put like I mean Horace Grant on this team would be pretty pretty great right? <laughs> like if we're talking about like again my my keyword this whole five is the front court depth situation. Mm-hmm. If you move Patrick Williams to the bench just for the year, you start Morris. I mean your rim protection, you're mm. gonna have elite rim protection. You're gonna have I mean you know he could he obviously could score a little bit for you. It's not gonna be something you need, but like talk about two way play. That's if you just want strong two way play, somebody who's gonna add a leaf depth to to that position. Uh, I I would love Horace on this team. Like, yeah, he doesn't give you the the, the uh, you know three point shot that you might want. Come out, Anthony, dude, I would I would Bulls legend Mellow. Bulls would legend, for. For Melo. <laughs> Cup of coffee, Mellow. Yeah, I want hoodie Mellow. But I uh, <laughs> yeah, so I I for me I I was thinking about this and I think Horace would be. Would be a lot of fun on, on in the confines of, of what this TV and what they need and just yeah, it would be a good time. I would pick Horace.
1: I love that. Man. That's great. Yeah. Oh man. I okay, I'm gonna pick another six ten guy, but from Come more <laughs> from from more of our recent past. <laughs> I think I know you're gonna pick. You're taking them.
2: God dang it.
1: All right, go ahead. <laughs> I'm gonna get so much flack on for, for Twitter. I'm gonna turn off my Twitter for a couple of days after. Okay,
0: never time. mind. Never mind. You're not gonna take him then. I'm not gonna take him.
1: I I Are really you think. Todd? I know. Todd I really think. would love you for that? Drew Gooden. No, I think Nikola Miritich would really. <laughs> oh, would own on this squad right now. He would be a. He would be a perfect four. He would be a perfect four off the bench. He'd be a perfect small ball five for this team. He's. His defense was so underrated. His passing is great. His shooting, while streaky, he had incredible shooting gravity. Even when he was bricking every shot, teams guarded him like he was a flamethrower. I, I I loved Nikola Mirotic. I still think I would when when he's having some contract dispute with Barcelona right now. <laughs> they want him to take a pay cut, and I'm like, please, please come take our, our spot. See you, Stanley Johnson bring Nikola Viricic back. I would love him <laughs> back, but I know he has a bad reputation for a lot of Bulls fans. And, and I will, I will admit that he excelled best when he was like one of the top bananas on off on the, in the offensive yeah. like, hierarchy right. and he struggled really bad. as just, you know, as just like a spot up guy in the corner. So I, but I think if you could put, if you could make him your like secondary playmaker on the, off the bench, he would, he would really make this team fun. And if he just don't understood think, his
2: role. If he just understood right. his role. Yeah, yeah, if he was playing. cool
1: with the role, for sure. But at the same time, answering your question, I don't think that makes us championship contenders. I think it gets us closer. It really solidifies us as a strong playoff squad. I'm going to... see red Fred's going to DM me about this. I know it. Um, he, <laughs> He's going to be like, what are you talking about? Nicole Mertens sucks in the playoffs every year. Um, but he would be really fun. I don't know if you can... To answer your question, realistically though, I don't know if you could add one player from Bulls history if you take out all those like All Star, All NBA guys.
2: Horace, but he was an All Star, yeah. so yeah, and an All NBA guys. That's yeah, one, like if guys, like if yeah.
1: you could, if, if you had to add a role player, I kind of meant like
0: another a ne- another jump, like another like okay. in, in, instead of like
1: uh,
0: even thinking about the uh, play in, it would be like top six seed, top four seed. You know, yeah. I guess more of a top four seat. I guess.
1: Okay. Yeah. Then, then I'll stick with my answer because I don't think anyone can take us to a championship squad unless you add a guy like. I mean, if you had to add one guy, it, like if we if we open it up to anyone besides MJ and Pippen, mm-hmm. let's <laughs> say.
0: That, that's more so what
1: I meant. I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. You know. So. Um. I food. mean, pri- prime rose. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, wait, no, I meant like, Jimmy Butler, if, if yeah. you subtract those top four I know, guys, I know. yeah, it I doesn't matter bad. if they're an all-star yeah. one year, two years, whatever, but like, as long as it's not like Prondi Rose, you know, Jimmy, top 15 player, Jimmy, you know, uh, would, yeah, but
1: can I, can I pick? Uh fourth in MVP voting year uh Joe Noah. <laughs> fourth in MVP Noah. <laughs> can I pick prime Joe Kim Noah?
0: Because that would be fun. <laughs> oh man. Of course, fine. You can all right, just just say, say your answer. Keep you here. can you can you can say up, Joe. Please. No, no, uh me, myself, I was gonna say Lou. I was gonna say Lou all. Uh, okay. I, okay.
2: I was my second
0: was, choice. He was my second, yeah, he was my yeah. second. I, I I love Lou. I would love to see him in today's game, and I, I I also think like you could you could start him at the four. You could play him yeah, at the yeah, three. Yeah. You know, like so. Yeah, Lou All is the guy for me. Like I I love this game. He dude guarded LeBron as hard as he could ever, and and competed. Um. So I mean that that's that's who my my pick. I would I would love to have Lou All on this team.
1: And and he allowed no
2: dunks. <laughs> no dunks for that.
0: <laughs> that is that is very true. That is very
2: true. <laughs> yeah, Lou is my second one. I think that's a, I think that's a, I think that's a good kick And uh, anyone who can help, like I love that Luke. Is, he he would fit. I think he is a perfect like player for this front office too. I think he's exactly the kind of player this front office would love to have and like love oh, yeah. to get their hands on. He just yeah. fits like everything about what it seems like this current team wants. Ben Gordon. Ben Gordon Craig would be Gordon. A, a lot uh, of fun just because of the off the bench score. But Kobe can kind of be your new Ben Gordon, I guess.
1: Yeah, Kyle Korver, two thousand nine, Rip Hamilton, we'll get some others. Uh, yeah, Rip Carmelo Hamilton. Anthony, man, it's just that's just great.
0: Why didn't he come? He could have just not that not old, Melo, but like uh, first time, first time, man, like my goodness, they anyway. that,
1: that starting lineup. That starting lineup would have been rose butler mellow miritich noah Ooh. with your bench had taj dunleavy you know i can't remember who else was uh doug mcdermott was on that squad man that would have been fun okay so i'm not saying our, yeah
2: i'm not gonna say that this shouldn't have happened it should have 100 and i would i would have taken it for sure but are we sure not just from like watching the rest of me. I'm not one of those Carmelo haters. Don't worry. I still respect Carmelo, but are we sure, are we not sure that like putting Melo on that team? Like, I just don't know. Like with him and Rose, I just don't exactly know what the, what, I don't know how the fit would have been.
1: I think it's a fair concern. I think it's fair to wonder if that would have worked any better. Than what happened? I think
2: it's, just it's Carmelo, weird, but it would have been fun with, with anyone, Carmelo, but because pa- Carmelo not being the number like true number one guy and having to be with like an MVP, Derek Rose, I just really wonder how that would have gone over just because Carmelo, it was so hard for him not to be like the dude. That's yeah, fair. that's fair. But, uh, well. <laughs> by, the way, by the way,
1: before we go, I have to bring attention to your shirt oh um, yeah 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 because now that i've now that i'm <laughs> <talked laughs> about jokey noah mr yeah. mr Mr. eli has a shirt with the famous Jokey Noah quote about no one i never heard anyone say they want to go to cleveland on vacation so like my <laughs> favorite shirt, shirt. Have,
2: shout out yeah shout out obvious shirts we're uh partners with them over at bleacher nation so uh i love this one you can go you can buy, go buy it online and uh at but yeah, I wear this one around, and I always get I always get uh, comments on it every single time. And I think everyone knows they're like, "Yeah, agreed." Even if it's not a Bulls fan, they're like, "Agreed." Why would you go there on vacation?
1: That's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Thad Young. I know Luis wants Thad Young on this team. I agree. I mean, I would love Thad Young would have been really nice on this. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. It sucks that they had to get rid of him because he really on this team would have been. Mm-hmm. He just he fills so many holes. <clears throat> It's why, like, getting one, getting rid of him and then not being able to steal Paul Millsap, like, really hurt because Paul Millsap, too, would have just been so helpful for what this team needed.
1: Well, when the Blazers (laughs) inevitably implode uh, in midseason and they're selling off parts, we can trade Derek Jones Jr. back for Larry Nance.
2: Ah, okay.
1: From Portland. Yeah, or Thad. I wish we could trade for Thad, yeah, but... Can we? I don't think we can afford that. I'll have to I'll have to look at the cap, but I think we're close. But it, Derek Jones here is like nine point seven, and I think that is fifteen or really close to fifteen million this year. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Well, I won't get into cap minutia, but uh, be, <laughs> it would have been nice to have to have Thad back on this team for sure. And I know he wanted to be here. It's, it's yeah. I hate I hate the business thing sometimes.
0: Yeah, I I was listening to uh, Joe Keem on. Uh, what was that? The knucklehead podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he is, t- he said that he still deals with like people walking up to him. Like, so what'd you say about Cleveland? Like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, who to this day still is like, like, come on.
1: But in their feelings about it.
0: Yeah. 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 But, um, mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, it has been a total blast having you on the show tonight. Um, I know it was hoops after dark. You know what I mean? Um, but before we let you go, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but before we let you let, let you go, like, is there anything that you would like to plug or anything like that um, for the people that are in here?
2: Um, I mean, bleachernation.com. You can read all my work over at bleachernation.com. Uh, you can follow uh, follow our Twitter account at uh, bn underscore and You can follow me on Twitter. It's on the screen. I think like right over here. <laughs> and uh but it's also i mean there's podcasts too right so at schuster underscore Elias. that's at s-c-h-u-s-c-u-r underscore e-l-i-a-s i always wonder when people spell things out if anyone's like oh yeah let me like rewind that and write down what it was like, whatever. <laughs> but but yeah so but if you really would need the content uh at end underscore bulls on twitter and blue tradition.com you can find all my work over there
1: we, we do excellent work, Elias. We always appreciate you. And I've I've been mean to ha- as you know. I've been mean to have you on for for a little bit now. Um, but I you're a very busy it. man. You're a very busy man. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: no, <it's, laughs> no, no, no. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. This was uh, this was a lot of fun. Anytime you guys want to talk, I'm here for it. uh, and, uh next time, I'll have a drink with me. And uh, I'll be wearing a uh, I'll be wearing uh, like a low cut V neck. Maybe have a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> We'll really, will really get this uh, get this late night vibe beyond. But no, I appreciate well, it anytime you guys want to talk. I'm here for it. Well, you
1: oh, know when man. we're when we're ten games over five hundred, you know halfway through the season, we have you back on that. That better be the vibe.
0: Yes,
2: sir. Well, that's going to be my vibe just at like eleven a.m. on a Tuesday. If there are five, <laughs> if there's ten games over five hundred, I'm just going to be have a scotch in my hand. I'll be I'll be like Jort. I'll just be like Jort.
0: Can't tell us nothing, man. You can't tell us nothing. I- <laughs> I'm not going to go on the tangent. But anyway, like again, man, if you if you whoever whoever's, whoever's going to listen, whoever's watching right now, like guys, like follow this guy, read his stuff, Eli Elias, he's the man. Um and I'm pretty sure um uh, if you didn't know anything about him before tonight, like you you, you had that. some fun with him tonight. Yes. And you know, and you learned <laughs> a lot. Um Chris, man, any closing thoughts, anything like that?
1: Just excited to start the season. I, I know, Elias, you got, I know you're excited. We talked pre-show about how excited you are for the offseason to be over and to have some training camp storylines. Um, so I just want to ask you, what is the storyline you're most looking forward to seeing oh. how it plays out this year?
2: Uh, most of, uh, Probably, well, honestly, in ter- if we're going to talk about in terms of uh, impacting winning, uh, I would just say, like, how's the defense going to look? Because it's going to be, it, it, that's it's not a fun storyline necessarily to follow, but it's probably the most important. uh You know, are they going to be a bottom five defense in the league, or are they going to be like a the eighteenth? Because that's a big that's going to be a big difference. You know, versus being uh, being an eighteenth, uh, the eighteenth defense in the league versus being like the twenty, you know, sixth or seventh. That's that's going to be a, a significant difference. So for me, I'm going to be really curious. Billy Donovan, known for his uh, defensive coaching, a lot of the times. Uh, He's, oh, last year he made the team look a lot better than a lot of people thought they'd look on the defensive end they finished 12th uh, I don't think we, people should read too much into that but still he's a defensive minded head coach a lot of people forget that uh, so I think that's the most important storyline if they can be even average on defense I'm not concerned about the offense and uh, they'll be they'll be in the mix for a, 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 you know one of those higher well like a six or six hopefully see it in the playoffs if their defense is even average but We'll see. That's the most important thing because it does look like it's going to suck. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, I, I hope I hope you're right. And I can't wait to read about it when we do get the answer at Bleacher Nation. So thanks. Thanks so much, Elias, for, for joining us tonight. And Alara, I'll let you I'll let you kick us off.
0: Hey, it's been fun tonight, fellas. Um, and and for Bulls 101, the people that love us, we'll have another great show coming next week. Um, but as for tonight, peace out.